Welcome back to an episode of Spectator Mode. I'm Neil Strubig. With me, as always, is Donald Double D the Craig. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, we uh, we actually got pretty short list, but I think we got a couple different topics within those said topics. Subtopics, yeah, I think we're going a little more in depth. <laughs> Less scattershot, maybe a little more in depth on some of the topics that we're talking about. Yeah. Talk, of course, the She Hulk trailer, which dropped this week. Uh, two little things with Netflix that kind of grouped together and a decent amount of Star Wars news, too, that we're going to talk about on the back end here. But uh, basically, kind of just jump right into it, though, with the She Hulk trailer, officially called She Hulk Attorney at Law, will be on Disney Plus. Dropped, what, about a minute 40 uh, trailer, kind of first look as well. How are you feeling about it? I mean, it looks pretty good for the most part. I will admit some of the visual stuff for me doesn't look maybe quite as polished, um, but they definitely have an all-star cast for this, right? Like they're bringing back Benedict Wong, they're bringing back Abomination for this. We've got Smart Hulk in there again, Mark Ruffalo's character. So a lot of good tie-ins. It's very strongly tied to the Hulk lore and stuff like that. So I'm very excited to see that. And I am hoping that we're going to get more Hulk stuff because there was the whole issue of the Hulk IP previously that we didn't really get a lot of Hulk solo movies. So, you know, I think it'd be really cool to start doing new Hulk stuff and, and getting that going on in uh, the current phase. You know what I mean? So hopefully they do. No, I'm with you. Supporting cast does look good. Abomination tying there is supposed to be good. Uh, her defenders might be tied into Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and then also to uh, Marvel slash Disney announced that Daredevil's coming back and based on the Defender shows. So maybe we'll see a bit more of a tie in there. We've seen some hints too with, of course, Daredevil in No Way Home. Spoiler alert, movie's been out for a bit. <laughs> uh, just a little cameo there with Matt Murdock more so than Daredevil. Yep. And then, uh, of course, some tie ins with uh, the Hawkeye series as well, if you haven't watched that yet. I don't know. It looks entertaining. My biggest, the CGI looks awful. And I know, like, uh, yeah. I bashed CGI a couple episodes before, but, like, I do think with this, just because there's no other action going on, it stands out so much worse. And I think you couldn't got a body double because, again, She-Hawk is just a really built, like, woman. She's jacked, but she's still very feminine, though, too. I, I think you could have gotten away with a body double, or at least even two we've seen in Mandalorian with, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, the Wookiee the, uh, in the last season. Mm. The hell's his name? Either way, in the Mandalorian, I think we've seen a lot of good just physical costume design. Oh, you're talking the Chewbacca that. character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, but again, they've showcased a good amount of a blend of CGI with physical costume design. And I think if they could have went that round, it would look better. It yeah. Just, it looks so cheesy. It really does. I mean, and I, like I want to say that Marvel, I think, has been for a while now kind of pioneering, I think, the mix of CGI with real actors and real set pieces and stuff like that and at least right now the trailer specifically she hulk right like hulk looks pretty good for himself but then they're probably reusing assets they've already developed in previous titles so this might be one of those things though that because the trailer came out they might continue improving some of these things and improving renders and stuff by the time the show actually releases i hope they do because i agree it looks very it, it kind of like takes you out of the story and the immersion of it because you immediately can tell that she's well, that's a right. good point you brought up how Abomination and Mark Ruffalo's Hawk look good or look easier on the eyes. But then again, it's basically just a green layer over, uh, what's his name, Tatiana uh, Meslany, who's playing uh, She-Hulk. Yeah. And I think maybe if you would have made her more, I guess, Hulkish then, which sounds like kind of terrible because, again, she is, even in the comics, a bit more feminine and more human looking yeah. than her counterpart with Bruce Banner. 
but it just comes off so bad to where I really do think if you would have put a more of a phys- physical costume design, it would have looked better. And I mean, Tatiana's fit too. So it's just like, you didn't have to do much, but the green overlay just, uh, it looks bad. It takes I don't me know, out. man. Well, cause it'll all be interesting to see. Cause I think she Hulk canonically has like multiple forms. She uses like, we've got smart Hulk now, right? Which is the smaller and slightly more like defined and like less bulked version of Hulk that we had previously when he was like ragey Hulk and stuff. So like Hulk has gone through some transformations, but I'm pretty sure she Hulk from the jump had that level of control that she could like go like muscle Hulk or, or smart Hulk, so to speak. Um, So I'll be curious to see if they bring in any of that and what that stuff might look like visually. But uh, a lot of the stuff we're talking about has tie-ins to Netflix shows that have left Netflix. A lot of those shows we're talking about the defenders, Luke Cage, daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist Iron are now on Disney Plus. And this brings us to our next topic, I think, pretty nicely of Netflix is doing layoffs. Massive layoffs, I think, is what it looks like, including having a real issue with profits are down and they're having a lot of customers canceling, including longtime customers that have been there for ages. And I don't think things are looking very good for Netflix. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, once the password thing came out, it seemed like, boom, cancellations happened. I do think part of the layoffs, though, and, you know, we've been pretty harsh on corporations, I think, on the show in general. Uh, but I think they went on a hiring spree. So I do think they also, unfortunately, it sounds terrible, but I did think they had a little bit of fat to trim note, too, because it did seem like they just hired a crap ton of departments over the last couple of years, too. And now that things aren't looking as good as projections initially were, now they're like, oh, crap. So, Again, it's a shame. 150 people, I think, lost the job there, which is awful. But it does seem like they're going into a panic mode. And again, because of the success they've had, I'm not quite sure. It doesn't seem like they really have a sound strategy. It's like they threw a bunch of shit at the wall, and now they're just backtracking, which it's like, huh, how viable of a company is well, Netflix now? Well, I mean, it's, they're falling into the trap that I think cable TV did for a long time, right? Like when cable TV first became a thing, it was free because they made or rather it had no advertisements when the first came out because you're paying a subscription service compared to, you know, the air and the antennas and stuff where they, that had ads because you couldn't tell who was like tuning into whatever cables are like, Hey, you pay us this low subscription, no ads. Mm-hmm. Obviously once cable became the only game in town, they introduced ads. Now they're making money on both ends off the consumers. And then, you know, the company's placing ads. Netflix kind of is doing the same thing, right? Like they're looking at doing ads. They're looking at how they can increase their profit margins. And like when they were just like a low time, low fee for access to all this stuff was fine and no one had any complaints. But I think part of the issue too is like they did some internal analysis that basically showed that um, they made more revenue off of new subscribers and new shows than they did by having existing titles. So that's why you have a lot of those like two or three season cancellation type deals at Netflix. And so then as streaming services have come up, Things have left the platform. We talked about all the Disney Plus stuff that's disappeared. And like Netflix is a pricey, it's a pricey subscription these days, man. The price has really it's gone up. Bucks, yeah. yeah. And now they're and now they're talking about they're talking about ads for the record. They haven't done it yet, but they're talking about adding ads. They're doing the household fees on top of it. Like, I don't know about you, but the big draw for me when I first got on the Netflix train and cut the cord, so to speak, was the cheaper cost of it relative to like cable and anything else and these days i feel like if you're gonna see all your shows and uh, have all the subscriptions like you're either going to rotate through different services and binge as you get there or you're 
probably just going to focus on the cheaper ones that have most of what you want. Netflix isn't that option anymore. No, I'm with you. I think everyone's kind of doing the rotation thing. Or, and again, I think the password sharing, I think, led to some loss of faith there too for some folks where they're just like, you know, it's not even worth it. I can still sit there and have Disney Plus, share Paramount Plus, whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Or, you know, hook up with somebody's Hulu, whatever that case may be. But they, the cuts, though, too, to the animation department specifically, I was kind of surprised by too, because they have pushed quite a bit of Netflix specific anime. And some of the stuff, too, has been quite good with Castlevania, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blood of Zeus, um, what call to the uh, League of Legends show, um, Arcane. Thank for you. sure. And then they also had um, the Witcher movie, animated movie they yes, did. Yes, I still have to watch that too. Um, so that was also really so, well done. Yeah, so I'm surprised there just because they've been hitting pretty good home runs with all those shows. I mean, all of them are solid. And I haven't watched Arcane yet, but uh, Blood of Zeus and Castlevania, phenomenal. But you also have shows like Cowboy Bebop then get canceled after one season. And then you have multiple seasons for shows that seem to be kind of very very niche and don't have as much of a, a following but. yeah man i mean i don't know because like i think netflix too early on i think established itself more as almost avant-garde in the sense that they were willing to throw money at projects that other people want because one of the glories of streaming is you can find your niche you're not competing with other shows you're not competing with people's schedules right because a big part of tv broadcasting is are the people that you want to watch your show home and able to watch your show? Because if you're looking at an adult demographic that has work, well, nine to five is out. If they have kids, well, then dinner time and stuff like that is probably out. So you're already like limiting your options for those types of kind of like out there or more adult shows and entertainment because they're competing against the existing cable lineup. Streaming services get you away from all that. And I think Netflix rightly did a good job in the beginning of you know, kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what stuck and bringing out a lot of these really interesting and kind of niche projects that people could really enjoy. And these days, like, again, like it seems like the focus on profits is driving them to decisions that are safe calls. And so if something's not obviously going to be a big IP or something like that, like they're not taking the risk they used to. So they're losing a lot of the content that they used to have. Their prices are going up and then they're not even producing stuff of the same quality that they used to be. You know, because there was a lot of shit back in those experimental days. Let's be honest, not all of it was great. But at the same time, it was always nice to find those gems here and there that they had. And you could find some like really quality original content on there. And I don't think I go to Netflix for its original content anymore. Not really. No, I think Drive to Survive is pretty much the only thing that will loop me back in as far as original content. Or if they ever do a final season of Glow, I will easily go back to Netflix to watch that. But I mean, Stranger Things is finishing up this summer. So once that's I, done, I don't know. I haven't know. watched it. And I, I honestly would kind of don't have an interest in watching it either i mean i think it's uh, you know for my recommendation and completely off topic but stranger things give it a look give it a listen it's ending this summer so it's going to be a concluded series which i think is a big point in its favor because i'm tired of getting into something and then it gets canceled right after so they're releasing the first part of season four you know at the end of may and then i think the final part comes out the end of june or july something like that so it'll be done like the whole thing will be done so you'll be able to watch the complete story start to finish something to chew on maybe when i get netflix back but you did mention (laughs) ips and uh speaking of ips with star wars uh lucasfilm president kathleen kennedy mentioned how they're not going to recast iconic heroes and characters of the past like harrison ford's han solo and they recast it for solo they felt like that was a missed uh opportunity there and they kind of took a pretty big bunch of hits and i guess the court of public opinion so they've learned from their mistakes and they don't want to do that again. That also includes, uh, what's his name? Danny Glover as Lando. So pretty much 
Donald Glover? Solo. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else been really recast. It's kind of just basically the solo film is kind of uh, the catalyst Mando, for that decision. Yeah, I mean, Solo was the one where they really did that, obviously, um, with recasting Han Solo and Lando Calrissian. Rogue One was pretty much new and reoccurring there, too. There wasn't anybody necessarily new there. Yeah, and, and Rogue One, I think, is one of the better received movies. Like, overall, I really yeah. think it was really well received. Definitely. So... I don't know if I necessarily agree with what they're saying, but like Star Wars has a lot going on right now, right? Like they're uh, Taika Waititi is apparently making a new franchise film for them. Uh, Rian Johnson is working on another trilogy. I don't know what that looks like. If it's going to be a continuation of kind of the stuff that he started earlier, right? Because Rian Johnson directed uh, Last Jedi. So I don't know. But they got a lot of stuff going on over there right now. And I guess the question is, if you're getting rid of these sort of legacy characters... Well, they're not getting rid of, I shouldn't say that. They're not recasting them. I don't know. It seems like it's going to be like the CGI they did with uh, Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker and well, Midlore. Right, and that's what I can't tell. That That's a sneaky bit about what they're saying, right? Like, are they going to do the CGI, like we're going to de-age you kind of thing? Because I think what they're doing with the Kenobi series is wonderful... Because the characters have naturally aged to where they still kind of sit, fit the part for the story that they're telling in that point in time. You know what I mean? So, like, they're able to bring back the original characters, the original actors, rather, for those characters to tell that story. You know, and people people love them for, for what they're doing with that project as well. So, I guess the question is, like, because we're traveling, I assume, forward in time in the Star Wars franchise, like, will they just use... The original actors as old versions of their characters or will we at some point do you ever think we're going to like move away from skywalkers is basically what it comes down to well i mean we saw a whole trilogy dedicated to skywalker lore in the worst way possible with ray's nonsense but uh personally this decision kind of pisses me off i'll be honest because solo won and i blame the fans for this because <laughs> Solo came out after the shit that was Rise of the Skywalker, and a lot of fans are pissed off, and a lot of those fans are still pissed off about, you know, Last Jedi, which is, you know, ridiculous, too, because I thought Last Jedi was the best, uh, the new trilogy. Rise of Skywalker was complete fan service, and I feel like this is basically a decision just based on fan service, because people didn't like Solo, and quite frankly, if you didn't like Solo, you're not a fucking Star Wars fan, straight up. You, you don't know anything about Star Wars if you didn't like that Ooh. film, because what's Harsh. his name? Uh, Aaron Reich. Alden Aaron Reich. Aaron Wright. had the swagger he acted like a young solo and again solo is a space cowboy film it's a fun film that film is super super fun to watch and we kind of saw shades of that then too in the mandalorian series and book of boba fett which everybody loves but like they still the campy and the cheesiness but again it's just those stories and the bounty hunter lore in star wars isn't supposed to just make complete coherent sense all the time. It's supposed to be a fun well, ride like cowboy films but are. But I kind of think that's the argument against Solo. For for the record, I do think Star Wars fans particularly do not get to stand on a pedestal when it comes to the way they treat the object of their affection, right? Because they've been... they There are just so many stories of the actors and, and the vitriol they have received for just doing their jobs or portraying these characters. And it spans... It goes all the way back to Jar Jar Binks and the boy who did Young Anakin. And then we had, um, I forget what her name was, who was in the newer films. Um, her sister died and she ran around and she was, I forget her name, but she also got a lot of flack for her character, right? Like a lot of hate. And they really do have a problem. So on the one hand, I, I think I do support what you're saying with 
solo fans of Star Wars kind of like being too harsh on the story. My counter argument to that slightly is I think some stories are better left untold. You know what I mean? Like to your point that like it doesn't need to be this like well-written or like coherent kind of thing or whatever. Like I think Han Solo, part of his character, the draw was the mystery. So I think maybe he was the wrong character to try to nail down essentially by going into his past to try to iron out some of those details, you know what I mean? And account for various things, especially because it seemed like they were trying to account for events that like, you know, well, we the Kessel run. like it's, it's part of the lore and it was cool to see and introduced a lot of great new characters though, as well. I really think fans shot themselves in the foot with that. And me personally, I think it's only a matter of time until they get mad about basically the deep fake CGI stuff with certain characters too. And again, why I say like people I mean, that they like were mad aren't really Star record. Wars fans is because those are the same people that still hate the prequels and don't understand it that Star Wars is generational. There are three different trilogies for three different generations of fans. Solo and a lot of these shows blend in portions for all three of those generations. To just sit there and blast hate on it, you're just being ignorant and you're not letting other people enjoy Star Wars the way you got into it. You just want to see your Star Wars. It's kind of like the boomer logic, basically. <laughs> and like it's kind of sad because it creates this very toxic thing. And that leads to a studio basically saying like, yeah, we're never going to try this again because fans are so venomous that it scared us away. And I think that's just scared money don't make no money, in my opinion. No, I, I really agree, because at the same time, like I do. Kathleen Kennedy has some comments like when we were looking at the articles for this and stuff, she's talking about like Star Wars as a universe, as a setting for these stories and stuff like that, um, in which to sort of develop these movies and shows and stuff. And I think that's the right attitude that she has. Because, like, I think there's a lot of space to play here. You know what I mean? Like, the amount of just fan fiction and lore that's been developed around Star Wars is incredible for characters that are background characters and things. Like, you see them in a, at a one-off or in a scene or something, and, and people have, like, gone and developed this whole deep lore that's, like, it's incredible. But it, I think it shows the space you have to tell stories beyond just the Skywalker saga, which is basically what the movies are focused on, has been Skywalker through and through, right? Like... Mm-hmm. We thought we were getting away from that, and then we have Rise of Skywalker, and you know we're back Just to awful. that basically, yeah. Um, yeah. So whatever we had the tie-ins too with uh, Jedi Fallen Order as well, uh, which ties into a lot of with Rogue One, and again you had characters from the books and the comics as well tied in there, which is great. And same thing with the Mandalorian, with uh, again the Wookiee. What the hell is the Black uh, Cranston? Cranston? Am I saying it right? Chewbacca? Are you trying no, to go? Get- and the Mandalorian, the uh, the black Wookiee that came in, the black Cranston. Oh, 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 oh! He's I know who you're talking the about. The... He actually fights Vader at one point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he was he was the uh, gladiator. Yeah, I need to hire like an intern so so we can pronounce things right and get the proper <laughs> appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Shit. I think you're right. It's Cursantin. Cursantin. The black Cursantin. Yeah. yeah, but again, like comic lore, some of the book lore brought in so i think we've been seeing a lot more of that i don't know there's still a lot of good things in the chamber rian like rian johnson's trilogy on hold i and i think maybe that's too why i'm a bit animated about it and irked because i think we would have saw him continue with what he did with last jedi it would be a different opinion about the new trilogy oh i i, I absolutely agree and we're in like I think fan service that. and playing it safe and again not leaving chewbacca dead i think those are just all missed opportunities there too but 
I don't know if we're ever going to see his trilogy either, which I think maybe this is why this decision kind of bothers me because it's how much are you going to let fans dictate it? And we've seen Star Wars fans don't really know what they want and you can't just cater to them because you have three different competing generations and you also have three different pieces of Star Wars lore that also go into the mix now we're seeing. Yeah, and and this is one of the arguments that was kind of made ages ago, I think, by uh, George Lucas himself when the prequel movies came out. They were not well received at all. Like there was a lot of very negative opinions about it. And he was like, from my perspective, kind of came out and said, like, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, they're kids' movies. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that, you know, the the first three movies released and those people are all adults now, but it's not, but they were meant for kids back then and they're meant for kids now. Like, that's who is supposed to enjoy them. And kids did enjoy them. Like, the character of Jar Jar Binks, it wasn't the kids getting upset about Jar Jar. You know what I mean? Like, it was older adult fans or people. Because the George are supposed to be the comedic humor. Right, right. And so, yeah. So it, it's one of those things that, like, I think, to your point, I think that they almost need to make some sort of a commitment in terms of the development of, like, hey, who is this movie for? Like, you want fans to appreciate the movie absolutely not saying to ignore the fans completely, but at the same time, like it's, it's not one demographic. You know what I mean? You're having people that are in some cases like in their sixties and stuff who, who grew up with this, like originally like way back and then people in their thirties like us. And then you have newer fans even who are probably still in their teens and stuff. So it's like making a movie that's going to appeal to all those demographics to me seems unrealistic. Who's the movie demographic for who is the movie? You know what I mean? And like, you can get into different projects for different folks you know what i mean like the the main trilogy can be maybe targeted towards the younger audience you can have the tv series that are more intellectual or more um grown up in their materials and stuff going for a more adult audience and you can have the solo movies and stuff like that that are kind of like the deep lore things that might be these other side projects and stuff that are approaching different fans and i think that would probably be the best way to approach instead of trying to make the hodgepodge that they did Oh, let's put something in for everybody. Everyone's going to love this. This is just going to be a universally <laughs> loved movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Man. Can't make everybody happy. But, uh, but no, honestly, I mean, that's kind of all we got for this week, no? Yeah. I Do you mean, have anything it, else to kind of add into it? No, no. I mean, we definitely got through everything. It was a longer discussion on fewer topics, I think. So not an intentional change in format. But, hey, uh, I'm always looking forward to feedback on these types of things and see what people think. But I think we're still going to keep this all pretty trim. And uh, I think that'll do it for us this week in Spectre mode. See you next week.